This episode of LIW, The Walking Dead Comic Reviews, brought to you by several sponsors, all of whom are responsible for my pain medication addiction. Oh, I warm up my instrument. My instrument's my voice. LIW, The Walking Dead and Fear The Walking Dead Review. Hello, welcome to another episode of this show. Um, no, LIW, The Walking Dead Comic Review, Chapter 12, Life Among Them. Are they talking about zombies or people? We don't know. I'll help you figure that out. And my name is Phoenix West. Welcome to the show. I'm sorry for the brain fart. I hate that word. At the beginning of the show there, I don't know what eschapode means. I think it means episode. This is episode 20, I believe, of the show. The show covers several things. I'm going to go into a little preamble here, and then we'll get into the comic, because there's a lot to talk about. It covers Fear the Walking Dead, um, the TV show. Uh, it covers the Walking Dead TV show. It covers the Walking Dead comic. And maybe some other shit I haven't gotten to yet. The point is, those three things. That's why fear is in parentheses on iTunes and YouTubes and all that shit. Um, you'll, you'll figure it out. It's pretty easy. It should be called The Walking Dead Review, but I wanted to put the word fear in there, and uh, hopefully it doesn't mislead you. Anyway, there's no Fear of the Walking Dead comic yet, so here we are. They Last week we talked, Carl and Rick had a little talk that they continue here about Carl having the murder Ben, the kid Ben who killed his brother Billy. Um, so that means we don't have a character named Billy anymore, and I'm glad because that name's a dog shit name. Hate the name Billy. Anyway, Rick kind of describes how it's important to remember that even though we are good people, we have to do horrible things, and that doesn't make those things not horrible. We have to remember that they are bad things, but we can still be good people after having done them. It's a little convoluted, and you get it immediately. He explains it way too much. The group's really running out of food. Um, I don't understand this. It is a year later, I guess. Maybe they can't find good food. I wish they would explain that. Like, a lot of the food's expired. You know what I mean? Like, bread's gone. There's no more bread. There's not a single ounce of good bread anymore. Uh, milk, no, obviously. Unless you got a prego, or a woman who just had a baby, somewhere on your camp. I don't know. Lori's dead, so there goes the milk. Um, worth it. Uh, they, they're running out of food. They can't find any. Um, Rick is getting desperate. Really wants to turn on the radio. Eugene tries to stop him. Um, they fight over a little bit, and then it slams on the ground, and he reve- it reveals that there's no batteries in there. And this is when it kind of upsets me, and he goes off character, and I don't like it. Because um, Rick goes, why aren't there batteries in there? And Eugene goes, oh, they died a while back. I just didn't want to tell you because I didn't think, I thought you guys would get mad. I'm just waiting to find more batteries. And Rick goes, were there ever batteries in there? And then Eugene goes, no. Never. And I'm like, motherfucker, stick with your story. Because then he reveals that he's not really a scientist and he doesn't work for the government and he's just a, a high school chemistry teacher, a science teacher. Because Abraham's beating the shit out of him, making him tell him all this stuff. And I'm like, if you would have just been like, the batteries just died, I didn't want to freak everybody out, and just stuck to that story, nobody would nobody would not believe you. They, they, would, they would believe you. You could continue your little story. Maybe he felt that they're so close to D.C. it didn't matter anyway. But 
I like that, and then he reveals, like, I don't have anything. I'm not strong. I'm not smart. And they show the characters one at a time. I'm not a good shot. I'm not sexy. Like, you're not going to keep me wrong because I'm good looking. Or I, you can fuck me, which they show Rosita, I believe. Uh, Rosita. And then they, like, I'm not, I'm not smart. I'm not, I'm not brave. And they show people. I don't remember who they show, but they keep, and he's like, I'm just, I had, I'm a, one thing, I'm smart and I'm a good liar. And that's my skill set. And that's what I use to make, to help me survive. And then. I thought I remembered the first time I read this that Abraham killed him then. He didn't, though. He just beats him in the face and stops. Um, a guy shows up and goes, Help it, hey, hope you don't mind. It's, and he's like, his name is Aaron. They, Rick and Abraham discuss plans. Um, oh, the, sorry, they're, they're discussing plans. Like, where do, they, where do they go from there? Because they don't need to, to go to D.C. anymore because um, Eugene lied. So, like, what do we do then? He's like, I still think we should just go to D.C. and see what's see what's going on there. And I'm like, if Atlanta was overrun by zombies, D.C. has way more people, and it's larger, and it's a sprawling metropolis that's going to be nothing but zombies. I don't know why they would go there. Just go in the country, build up your compound, call it good. Obviously, that's what you do in the zombie apocalypse. You find a good chunk of land, if you survive that long, I'm just saying... Eventually, when you talk about wanting to live longer than just the day-to-day, you get a bunch of people you trust, like they're doing here, and build a community in a good area, not in a city. Because city means people. That's why those buildings are there. Because people live in them and work in them. In cars. And that's why the, that's why there's a city. Point is, move to the fucking country, and you can do whatever you want. I understand that supplies are going to be lower in the country. You have to... so. Outside the city's good, like an hour outside the city. That's why that way the zombies are gonna take a long time to walk there. They have no reason to walk out in the country. There's no sounds, and you can still make supply runs. It makes sense. Um, you can think that even before this guy shows up, because Aaron's like, we have a place outside the city. And he basically says exactly everything I just said. It makes sense. Um, Rick still punches him in the face and knocks him out. Anyway, um, exp- when he wakes up, Aaron explains that they were following them and they were listening to everything they said and they want they trust them and they're like, we see how you handle yourself around the kids, how the kids are being treated and you guys have passed. I saw you had to do some shit that wasn't great. Kid doesn't, kid doesn't like, uh, what didn't he like? Uh, kid doesn't like oatmeal. It's hilarious. Like, he's watching them like a TV show at this point. And he wants to take them back to his community and they don't know what to think of it. Um, zombies attack, and then they, Glenn throws him a, a gun to Aaron. Throws Aaron a gun, and Rick's like, "What the hell? Why do you have a gun?" And Glenn's like, "Sorry." And then Aaron hands it back, and that's a big trust thing, I guess. If he wanted to, Aaron could have killed them all. And this is kind of an interesting thing about the apocalypse in this, especially this world. Who do you trust? You don't know who to trust. You don't know when to trust them because even if they save your life once, they might kill you the next time. You don't know. You have no idea what their motives are, especially if you're just meeting them and they're by themselves out there and they promise of a community. You have no idea. And I don't blame anyone for doing what they did here. Um, Michonne's like, well, you guys are crazy. I'm going with Aaron no matter what. Even if you guys don't, I'm going with him. Uh, it's, it's a cool little moment. Um, the, eventually the group the next morning decides to all go. And they're like, okay, let's go. And then they get on the road and then they see Eric, who's revealed to be with Aaron, but they don't trust him at first. And, Eric's just sitting there, and he's like, it's my partner. And you're like, oh, are they cops? Lawyers? Oh, they're gay. They're gay guys. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Don't care. 
Um, I can't believe it took them 12 chapters to get to a gay couple. I guess 10% of the population, and then you only have 10% of the population left. Not even. So, yeah, okay, fine. Anyway, um, Abraham, Rick, and... Oh, what the fuck does this mean? Abraham, Rick, and Aaron see a flare, and they go after it. Sorry, my notes are scattered. They see a flare, and they're like, and Aaron goes, that only means trouble. We do that when we're, we're stuck. And then they show up, and all three of those guys run off, and they go over there, which means two of the strongest dudes are gone. They always do that, where they send out the most useful people to leave everybody else abandoned, pretty much. They, this is when we're introduced to the characters of Heath and Scott. Um, Heath is a black dude, dreads, cool-looking dude, glasses. He looks like somebody I want to be friends with. Um, Scott is laying there. He broke his leg. He tried to jump down, and it shattered. Um, Rick and says some weird shit. I forget what he says to Aaron, and then Heath goes, seems, guys, it seems like a real Davidson. It's almost like a curse word, the way they say it. They say it a bunch coming up. It's like a real asshole, like something like that. It's weird. Um, zombies show up and attack him because he's Carl screaming, or not Carl, Scott is screaming. Um, this squad shows up out of nowhere with guns and they sh- they kill everybody. And then they all leave again and they arrive at Alexandria with all the people and then these kids playing. And then Rick has like this amazing eyesight that only focuses on dog, like danger and shit like that. Where you just, kids are playing and screaming, and chasing, playing tag, and then he like, zooms in, like, tunnel vision on this kid's eye, and it's black. He's got a black eye. And that sets up a lot. It goes on later. They um, introduce to the leader. Rick goes and talks to him. It's Douglas Monroe, this uh, older black dude. He's a congressman from Ohio. He's a really nice dude. He, uh... He, he uh... Oh, excuse me, what do I want to say here? He tells Rick this story. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just reading my notes, and it just says, Daddy ate my eyes. <laughs> he tells him a story about this guy who ate his, who took a bunch of drugs and ate his kid's eyes out of his skull, like sucked him out. And then how they interviewed the kid afterwards, and he just kept, the kid was like, Daddy ate my eyes, and how he made it sound so normal. And he's like, you trust your father implicitly when you're a kid, so you're not knowing what he's doing until he's hurting you. And the, even afterwards, the kid didn't think anything of it. He was just like, it hurt, obviously, but he's like, Daddy ate my eyes. Yeah, it's normal. And uh, he talks to Rick, and he kind of trusts him, so he assigns him to constable, and that's a cool word to him for some reason. Um, he reminded me of Shaun of the Dead. Not Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. Constable, constable Nicholas Angel. Anyway, um, stop, Sergeant. Um, Douglas is interested in Andrea. They set that up a little bit. Um, I'm kind of trying to speed through this a little bit more. Uh, he's old. She's not. Why, why is every old dude throwing this old shriveled dick at her? Everyone, everyone above the age of six, anyone that could be in the AARP is into her. It's weird, right? It's an odd, it's like, like I, growing up only really fat chicks liked me. And I feel like this is just as useless. (laughs) Like, you know, uh, sorry, fat people. I'm a bit chubby myself, so don't think anything of it. Um, I'm just trying to say she keeps getting hit on by only severely old men who had mar- were married or are married. He is married. Anyway, it's weird. Olivia's cutting Rick's hair. Like I said, every time he shaves or get a haircut, they have to show it and then comment on it to no end, and then it doesn't matter at all. I don't even notice in the artwork when he's shaved or not. I don't pay attention to that. 
Who cares? One thing I will say is I'm glad Dale's dead. Because when Dale wasn't wearing his hat and they did a close-up, he looked just like Rick. The drawings, the, the characters themselves looked exactly the same. I think the idea was Rick will become Dale when he gets older. He's already lost an arm. Dale lost a leg. But they just look so similar. I, I couldn't take it. They both had beard and scraggly hair, and they had fa- same facial structure. Glenn was, or Dale was a bit wider, but when you're it's a close-up, you can't really tell. Um, Regina shows up. And then she argues with Douglas about the new group and how she didn't tell him or how he didn't tell her about them and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, in the TV show, it's Congresswoman, what, I forget her name, um, Deanna, right? And on the show, when they're in Alexandria, that's what it is. And then her husband's name is Reg, Reg, like Reggie. But in this, it's Douglas, Congressman Douglas and Regina. I like that they kept it kind of similar and switched it a little bit. It's nice. I like little changes like that. It's weird. And but um, Deanna in the show is a melting wax figure of a human being. I'm not really sure what they're going for there. I talked about it in the 602 episode, The Walking Dead 602 JSS was the name of the episode. Just fucking stupid. Anyway, um, yeah, Regina seems like a real cunt. She looks like a man. In this, I can't decide what's what they're trying to do there. She looks like um, Burgess Meredith from Rocky, I guess. It's weird, and I can't describe it. Um, Carl's playing outside, and eventually turns into a fight with Mikey. Um, his father Nicholas shows up, and is like, "What the fuck?" Like, basically, what happened was Carl tried to take, or Mikey was like, wanted to see his gun, Carl's gun. Carl didn't want him to. Um, Rick explains that all of them, and immediately calms everything down. He goes into like his police mode, and everybody's fine. I thought Nicholas was gonna be a crazy man. He he was like, okay, okay, it's not a big deal. Um, they they tell everybody that's new, the new group, our group, the ones we're used to. Um, they tell them they gotta take their weapons away. They have an armory. They keep it locked up. They decide to let Michonne keep her sword as long as she keeps it above on her mantle above the fireplace. She does that. Later on, we'll get there. Heath um, Heath talks to Scott. When he's in bed after his leg got bandaged up by, I'm trying to we they introduced the character kind of Dr. Coy Dr. Cloyd um, Denise Cloyd. She's in the show, but she's not a doctor on the show. She's like a nursing. I don't remember what she was like a psychiatrist. They changed it for the show, and it didn't make any difference. So why change it? It, it actually irritated me. The whole scene where Holly died in the show. I don't want to talk about the show, I guess. It's revealing too much. Anyway, um, I'm just trying to compare them a little bit. Maybe I should, when I do the show, I'll compare it to the comic. How about that? That makes more sense. I'm still learning. Okay? Okay, guys? Goddamn. Heath talks to Scott, like I said, about the group of 12, the new ones that he's got in, and how scared they are, and they don't trust them, and they're crazy enough to survive out there. Who knows what they might do? And I liked seeing the other side of the coin because we're used to seeing our guys and they're like, we don't trust them. Like, what are they, what are they luring us in here? And it's nice to see that they're just as scared of the group as they are. Like, they're, each, each side is just as scared and they don't know what to do about the other group. It's kind of nice to see that. Um, Douglas goes, hey, you have a choice of these three houses. Um, do your thing, spread out accordingly, however you want to do it. And then they do that, and then they decide, we're all going to stay in the same house tonight. After lights out, we'll sneak into the one house. That way, if they try anything, we're all together. 
Um, Douglas shows up at the door, and he's like, hey, just to let you know, there's Halloween tomorrow, so if you guys want to do something, I saw your your kid's already a cowboy. <laughs> anyway, staying in one house, huh? That's smart. We could end up being dangerous, and walks away, and Rick's like, the fact that he commented about that, or commented, he's either so sure that he's going to kill all of them, or he's just putting Rick's nerves to ease. And But it seems like Rick was like, huh, he didn't. Seemed like a threat, and he didn't. He noted it, and then walked away. He didn't really seem to upset. So I think Rick that helped Rick trust him a lot. Um, Carl really hates the fakeness of it during Halloween. He's like everything's everybody's acting like everything's normal, and he doesn't realize these people haven't had to do anything to survive. Really, they've just been in there since it started. They've had to deal with some people who went crazy. The whole Davidson thing they explain later, but other than that, not much. It's really weird. The uh, Douglas asks Rick where to place Michonne and Andrea. He doesn't know what to do with them. They decide Michonne should be basically Rick's backup or like his, her, a sheriff of his. I'm not really sure what you want to call her. After, I don't remember what they call her. Who gives a shit? Um, and he's like, Andrea should be a sniper outside in the bell tower. I saw a bell tower over here. She can do that. She's a really great shot. And Abraham or Douglas is like, oh, I, didn't, I never thought of that. That's a good idea. Yeah, we should do that. And um, I like that. It's it, it it really does set up a lot for later that Rick makes wiser decisions as far as survival goes. And that's why Douglas really takes a shining to him. It's because he knows how to survive, and Douglas doesn't really. Douglas knows how to like keep a community going. Like, oh, we all do the we all build a fence. We all do this. But he's not thinking long term at all. He's just thinking. Everything's fine. Nothing can show up. He's not thinking if someone shows up to take it. He's not thinking if zombies swarm, if a herd of them comes. He's not thinking that far ahead. Not that he, like, should or even... Like, he should, should, but, like, he wouldn't think to think like that. You know what I mean? Anyway, Rick does think like that because he's had to survive all this stuff. He's been through this. That's why Douglas takes a shining to him because he's more experienced and he can help everybody. Um... Rick tells Andrea that if anyone, if they put up a fight at all, he's like, I'm not worried about losing this place because if, if they put up a fight to kick us out, we'll take it from them because it's perfect here and it's a badass moment and you realize how much this group will do to survive. Douglas, Douglas makes his move on Andrea. She's, she says no, but she's kind of flattered later. It's weird. Doesn't really come into play ever again. I don't know. Who gives a shit? Um, this is when they show Michonne hanging up her sword, and she's kind of having memories of it. It's a cool little panel. It's very confusing, though. And in the back of this book, they show another an alternate uh, thing for it, and it was the same. I don't know. I don't know why they changed it. It's really weird. And then it ends with this house party, in which we're introduced to Dr. Cloyd. Like I said, Denise. They finally gave her a name here that we saw her before. Paula, Ron, Paula is. Nicholas's wife, right? Yeah, Ron is. Ugh, Ron is the son of Pete. We're introduced to a lot of characters. Okay, it's very confusing. There's Pete, his wife, which they don't introduce yet, so I didn't put her down. They didn't say her name, at least. I only I only read them down when they say their names. We see her, but they don't say her name. Okay, Spencer, who is I believe is Douglas's son, right? Yes. Um, David, whoever that is, they just say his name. I don't know who he is. Um, Barbara and Pete. Pete is Ron's dad, the kid with the black eye. So yeah, there's that. 
Michonne freaks out on them because she doesn't like the how fake it is and how the, everyone's... She doesn't freak out yet. She's starting to get nervous. Glenn pretends to be really drunk to get information on where the guns are. He does that. It's a cool scene, I guess. It's really quick, but it's like the... I've made a miraculous recovery. And then Michonne freaks out on everybody because she's like, I like to make... Uh, I like to make big treats for the new guests. Like, what are you into? I don't. I ru- I worry I would make something you don't like. And Michonne's like, "That's what you worry about. That's all you worry about. That's what you have." And storms off, and kind of feels bad about it. And then it ends with, goes back to Rick and Glenn talking about how they have the guns and how they're going to take them and defend themselves and blah blah blah. That's where this ends. Um, it's called Life Among Them. I assume it's among the people who don't have to, haven't had to defend themselves that much yet. I like this chapter. It sets up Alexandria. It's interesting. I liked it that they ended up, didn't end all into being cannibals like we've seen previous previously a couple times, or child rapists like it happened with Abraham and Carl. Um, anyway, I like this issue, this comic, this chapter. There we go. That's the word I want. I don't ever want to see the word issue again. It's a real fucking issue. Uh, I keep saying issue when I don't mean to say chapter. Um, these chapters are made up of six issues. I wish I would get past that. It's very confusing for me. My brain can't handle it. It's like Inception. It's an issue within a chapter, within a book, within a... The Commendium was huge. Bunch of books. Ugh. This, the Walking Dead is very complex as far as how they group them and how they sell them. Anyway, um, I'm Phoenix West. Um, go to loiteringwinterland.com. Check out the website. Buy a book. My, my $5 books are on there. They, uh, they're awesome. Poetry, comedy, oh, there's a novel. Um, about gang stars, gangsters from the 20s and 50s and stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, LIW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, Lloyd Wonderland on Facebook. Um, we're on Instagram, oh, excuse me, we're on, what? We're on Stitcher, iTunes, and YouTubes. We might be on RedTube soon, I'm not sure, I made that joke before. I won't do it again. Um, yeah, to go check it out, share it, will help us grow, get us advertisers, and if you do want to advertise, I will do whatever you want, I will bend over backwards and let you put it in wherever you want, just know I swear a lot, and if you don't want me to swear during your live read, put that in the thing, um, yeah, go, send all that shit, any questions, whatever you got, advertisers or not, questions or not on the show, if you're a fan, if you want to tell me you, you hate me, that's fine too, send that to loiteringwonderland at gmail.com, loiteringinwonderland at gmail.com. Until next time, when I do Chapter 13, Too Far Gone, I am Phoenix West. So long, citizens.